Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Well, hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and with me on the line is the author and founder of College Prep Genius, and that is Jean Burke. Well, today our topic is one you may have heard, and that is the rumors that the SAT is going away. And I'm so glad we have you here today, Jean, because um, perhaps you can dispel uh, some of those myths. So what is your feeling? Do you think the SATs are going away? Oh, absolutely not. Not, not anytime soon. Uh, you know, the College Board is a billion-dollar company, and that's certainly not going to happen. You know, there has been a lot of buzz uh, about some colleges lately trying to eliminate, you know, the SAT or the ACT, make it more optional for college entrance. And, you know, both SAT and ACT are accepted by every college. It doesn't matter which one your child takes. Uh, but I do want everyone to know before you get too excited or start celebrating, um, we need to look at the facts what's not being talked about, and the truth really does lie into what these tests really measure and, and their significant role in, in the admissions process. You know, there's about 4,500 schools, colleges. Um, a few hundred have, quote, unquote, opted out of an entrance exam. Uh, but here's the situation. You know, kids are educated so many different ways, you know, public school, private school, home school, and, you know, there's so much such a plethora of academics out there and that's great that we have that diversity and independence to do that. But every school is different. Uh, you know, a student's GPA, you know, a 4.0 at this particular high school is not the same at another high school. So, you know, oftentimes the grades are inflated or there's a lot of politics involved. And so the only fair way that all students can be compared is a standardized test, such as the SAT. You know, it's the only numerical you know, indicator on an application that's basically common to every application or every applicant. And so it's the only way to consistently measure students. So, you know, you, you know, your GPA might look really good. You know, all these kids look good on paper. You know, these admissions counselors have to sort through all these applicants, and they all look very similar. Um, uh, but, you know, you know how, what is the real predictor? And that is why they right. use a standardized test like an SAT or ACT. That's really interesting because my kids are taking a couple of classes at the local um, college, and it was a community college, and they've just made it a state college. And um, I'm just floored at how much, um, you know, work they do on the computer, and all of that is factored into their tests and their score. And, um, you know, it's almost like, an, you know, what we used to call extra credit, but it's not extra credit. You know, today it's just part of what your score is made up of. And you're so right because, um, you know, we, I didn't let my kids fail a test or fail, you know, by not turning in a paper. They had to, and that was expected. Um, and I remember one time um, one of my children um, had a, like, a B-plus um, in math, and I was having an evaluation at the end of the year, and the evaluator who, you know, does have a – she was a homeschool mom, but she has a uh, current – um, education degree, and that's the criteria here in Florida where I live, uh, to having an evaluation. And she said, um, you know, did she turn in her homework? And I said, well, she didn't have homework. She just, you know, classwork is homework. 
And, you know, they worked until they got it done. And she goes, well, did she participate in class? And I said, well, of course. And she went through all these things. Well, did she keep a notebook with all of her work? Yes. And she goes, well, then she gets an A. And she crossed through my B plus and put an A in there. Uh And I was, you know, astounded. And she goes, well, that's what they do in the schools. And so I started asking around and, you know, remembering when I was a teacher, you know, eons ago. And, uh, you know, that is what we did. You know, having your notebook and doing your homework and all of that stuff was factored into grade. So obviously um, our scores are going to be higher in that regard. You know, I was looking at it more of a black and white you know, that, you know, how did you do on the test? And, and she had a, a couple of, you know, tests that she didn't do very well on and one that she had to retake. So, you know, um, so obviously you didn't understand the concept and you can't move on. But you're right. It is so subjective. Uh, so how do you get that, you know, across-the-board comparison? Well, you know, that that's the thing. The, the what, what the colleges are seeing is that the SAT and ACT are predictors of college success, even more than the GPA. You know, as we talked about, you know, it, it can vary from school to school. Since, you know, every school, every every state teaches a variety or even an intensity of subjects. Um, so because the SAT and ACT are not tests of IQ or curriculum or what you've learned at school, they're really logic tests, and the questions, you know, are purposely tricky and have a lot of misleading information. So that's why a lot of times the students are very – easily are able to pick the wrong answer because, you know, um, the way they're they're very desirable, the wrong answers look. And so that is why they test your critical thinking skills, which is a, you know, a good indicator of college success. I think that a lot of times that people don't understand is that one of the reasons why a standardized test was uh, even invented, it was invented actually by a dean uh, at, at Harvard. And the main reason why it was invented was to break the stereotype about schools being very exclusive, you know, he knew the importance of, you know, the mental testing, you know, for example, the, the, in other words, the testing ability rather than the knowledge. And so, uh, you know, students are going to need to be able to have those deep thinking skills and they want to, they want to be able to see how, well they're going to, they're going to do. And, and here's the thing, the data, what they, what happens a lot of times is these colleges, they collect all this data. And over, over a period of time, so they can use these same scores to correlate with the performance levels of students over a period of time. So, for example, a student who scored a 1,300 out of a 1,600 on the SAT last year, they can compare that student with a, a, a kid who scored around a 1,300, you know, five years ago. But then a kid who scored a 35 on the ACT three years ago, you know, and, and a student who scored a 31 on the ACT this year, you know, again, they can, they, they're not going to compare them as the same. So it's a, it's a good indicator, you know, of, you know, what kind of um, student they're going to be. Uh, they also, you know, know that the dropout rate of college is about two-thirds of students are going to drop out. And so there's a lot of wasted scholarships that go out there. And so when these admissions counselors hand out scholarships, the students, you know, they tend to certainly give them to the kids with the higher scores because obviously they have a higher prediction of doing better in school. Right. And so, you know, obviously that there's, you know, and people listening, um, you know, even as I'm listening, my niece um, is now a doctor, and she just did not score well. And, um, you know, when she took the MCATs, um, she, you know, just she got into to, um, medical school, 
but it was, um, you know, it was difficult for her. You know, it took a lot of, of effort and study. But one of the things that she has um, that is that a lot of people don't have is, you know, she was very determined, and that is, you know, half the battle. She's a very smart girl. She's did, you know, some people they say just don't don't score well for whatever reason, and um, and so. Um, you know, we didn't know about Eugene back then or, you know, she would have <laughs> taken some of your college prep, you know, classes and that would have helped tremendously, I'm sure. But she is a doctor now and, it's you know, she's all done and she's a board certified doctor and passed the first time and, you know, and she's done fabulously since she's gotten in. But, um, you know, it's just sometimes, um, you know, people hear this and say, well, you know, there's there's 20 exceptions to the rule and there is, you know, to everything, but, like you say, um, they have to look at, you know, what is the, the you know, common variable here uh, or the common denominator here. And um, I said that backwards. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things they do. So, you know, there's something that's called a test optional score. Explain that to us. What is that? Well, you know, there are a few hundred schools that are, quote, unquote, test optional. Uh, honestly, that's a very misleading Title. It sounds very appealing, um, but much of the information really isn't disclosed, you know, when touting the idea of abandoning, you know, an entrance test. First of all, most of these schools are, these test optional schools are specialized schools. These are not your normal four-year university. Ninety-five percent of four-year universities still require an entrance test. Um, and one of the things that I think people don't understand is, uh, if you're going to apply for money, you know, you still have to turn in an SAT score, some kind of score. But I think if you read the fine print of many of these test optional schools, you're going to find that many of them still require some sort of or some form of entrance exam to be turned in. So ironically, even a good majority of the students who apply for test optional schools still include their test scores. And so, you know, they might have their own internal tests. And if you think about it, you know, not having a standardized test pretty much necessitates that you need a standardized test. So even if they came up with their own test, it's still going to be standardized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even, um, you know, the local college here um, had uh, kids taking their entrance exam. That, for example, they didn't uh, score high enough on the SATs. Uh, for um, the classes, they could take, like, just, let's say, the math portion of it or, um, you know, whatever portion they did not score high enough. Uh, so so that was um, that was interesting to see um, happening. Okay, and then, you know, you know, I think you've, you've, you talked about the standardized test, um, especially in other broadcasts, and exactly, um, you know, what that that fine-tunes and, and, you know, as you keep saying, it's a logic test. Well, what if someone, um, you know, hears that and then they want to go and buy all of those books that work on logic? Would you recommend that? Um, Because I know that was a big push when we started homeschooling. All these people were buying these logic books. And I remember buying one or two and thinking, you know, I don't know that this is going to work. I always had to use the answer key anyway, you know. It was. It would have like a, there were some of these were were trick questions, and they you know there was an answer. You just had to really think, you know. Right. Well, you know, logic is a trained skill. I mean, you can train your brain to think logically. Now, there are some students who are naturally logically minded. 
So they're a good test taker naturally. It's kind of intuitive to them, and they tend to score a little bit better just, you know, without any kind of prep. But even then, you know, I get those kids all the time who already are in the 1800, 900, 1900s um, range of SATs, and just by learning two or three more little things, we'll still go up another three or 400 points. Um, and then you have your students who are just as smart as those, but they're not logically minded. So I believe that you can learn to think logically. It's not a personality trait. So if you've got students who um, are not bent that way, yes, there are some great programs out there, uh, whether it's games or curriculum or puzzles, but anything to make your kids think outside the box. And, you know, we want to raise great critical thinkers anyways. I mean, that's, you know, we want them to be independent. We want them to understand consequences. And so I think it's, as a homeschooling mom, and, and whether your kids are homeschooled or not, I think logic and critical thinking is something that absolutely should be incorporated, you know, into your school or into your curriculum or your daily life. But I think it's going to make a difference. You know, your, your kids are going to be tested the rest of their lives, not, not just on, you know, while they're in school or, or getting into college or when they're in college or at their job. So there's always going to be a need to think. And, and, and as we talked about before, basically all these tests, whether it's SAT or ACT or PSAT or AP test, or if your student's going to go to grad school, taking the GRE or, like you say, the MCAT or LSAT for law, for law school, these are all logic tests. They're all standardized tests. And when you create a standardized test, you know, these companies, no matter who they are, they, they have to follow two major features. And one, number one, is that, that these tests must normalize everyone. They must be written in a way that no matter where you live or how you were educated, you can, you know, you can learn to take the, you know, you can understand the questions. It's not something that is specific for Florida or specific for Texas. And then, of course, they all follow the same patterns. And that's why you can figure these tests out because they, they use the same recurring patterns over and over again on every test. That's why you don't study for the test, but you actually study the test itself. So, yes, I, I do I do think logic is important. Thinking is important. Um, and so it definitely needs to be incorporated somehow. And, and there's so many good things out there that, that you, can, you can find. Okay. Well, we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, um, we're going to talk about, um, you know, one of the things that people um, argue about in favor of getting rid of tests, and that is that tests, um, are sometimes, um, you know, difficult for people in different socioeconomic classes, and that is one of the reasons they want to get rid of it. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room, and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally-featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT. You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds, raise your score as much as 600 points, and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more. Well, hi and welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is an episode of College Prep Genius. And today we are talking about uh, test taking um, and is this going away? You know, is the SAT going away? And 
you know, Gene has said a resounding uh, no, uh, not anytime soon unless they replace it probably with something else. Um, they are working on, um, you know, some tweaks uh, coming up in, in, uh, in the future. And, Gene, let's uh, tell our listeners that you are actually working on uh, those updates to your book. So if people have a previous copy of your program, um, you, they will be able to get this, correct? Oh, absolutely. I actually just taught my new program in Hong Kong. Uh, just got back a couple days ago, and I'm, you know, obviously finalizing it. I've been analyzing the new test since July. And, you know, one of the good things is if you have my program already, you're pretty much set. I mean, honestly, I mean, yes, they changed the formatting. Uh, we were updating the questions of the formatting. But the strategies are still the same. I mean, it's still test-taking skills. And, um, you know, we'll be putting in some of the way the questions are written and some of the combinations and some of the new question types. Um, but if you understand that, it, you know, it's all about how to take the test and you can still do very well. But, yeah, we'll have those set out very soon. And so I'm really excited about that. So don't fear the new test. They basically repackage the old stuff. Very good, very good. So I'm glad to have you on here. Well, before we went to break, you know, we were discussing um, how SATs could sometimes, or even ACTs or any of the standardized tests, um, you know, that some kids in, um, you know, the, the poor socioeconomic classes don't do as well. You know, maybe they haven't um, gotten as much um uh, you know, um, education um, as some of the other kids, and, you know, there's some difficulties there. So so is that, like, statistically is that true, or, um, you know, where are people, you know, why, because we were talking about this before we went live, and, I, you know, I said, um, you know, people have been saying that from the time I was teaching. Um, and, you know, I came uh, from a, um, you know, when I was younger, my parents didn't have any money, and we still scored well, you know. Um, on our, my, my cousins and I did really well in school, and and so, um, you know, our parents just made us do our work, and, you know, there was no playing around during a school week. So, um, you know, so I don't know where that comes from, and maybe you have a little bit more insight. Well, you know, I think that's one of the biggest arguments for eradicating, you know, college entrance tests and test scores uh, because it, quote-unquote, appears to be an injustice for students who have, you know, or from a lower socioeconomic background or who go to maybe a lower-quality school or are unable to pay for a, quote-unquote, elite prep class. Um, you know, if anything, these schools' test scores highlight any inclination of balance of curriculum in the classroom you know, on a national survey, you know, that are designed to, you know, test fairness for all students. I mean, even the college board themselves, they conduct regular curriculum surveys to ensure that the information that they have on a test is in classrooms across this nation. But, you know, as for the, as for the debate of, you know, you know, these kids can't take an expensive prep school, you know, or, or do well on standardized tests. Let's, let's go back to what we talked about a while ago. You know, these are not about, you know, an expensive test school. These are really logic tests. They really have nothing to do with your curriculum at school, they really have to do with how well you can think, how well you can read the question correctly and, and, and find the right answer. So, you know, it, it, to do well, these tests do not generally require weeks and weeks of labs and learning thousands of words and all these new math concepts and spending a lot of money for reflecting a student's curriculum. I mean, any student, regardless of race or gender or economics, can learn the mechanics of how this test is written. The, you know, the more they study the test itself, 
you know, they can see, you know, the fruitlessness of basically memorizing a bunch of useless information. You know, often spending mm-hmm. a lot of money on test prep does not guarantee a better score. You know, I, I taught kids who spent even as much as $10,000 on a on private tutoring and their scores went down. I also teach uh, my program in a lot of Title I schools where the schools will actually pay for the kids to take my class, and many of the kids don't even show up. So, you know, to to say that they're at a disadvantage, I absolutely disagree with. And, and, and most schools have fee waivers, you know, which are available where the students can get, you know, several free tests per year. So there's really no excuse for not taking the test. And any student can pick up a free booklet, you know, from the guidance council office, which has a, uh, a college board test in it. And they just pick that up and they, they start looking at it. And if they really studied, even if they didn't take a prep class, uh, you know, or when it taught the right things, you know, they could actually start looking at the test itself and, you know, kind of start to see the patterns that they really studied it, you know, uh, in, in depth. So, you know, I, I think it, it just kind of goes back to that whole trying to equalize everyone or to make those who, you know, make people uh, who do maybe uh, get ahead to feel, make them feel more disadvantaged when reality everyone can have the tools to do well. Right, and and there's so many good things, um, you know, in your in your program that can help people. And it's it's um, you have a digital format as well. Um, that it's so funny because I I talked to a couple of friends and both of them opted to get your digital format because they say that their kids could access the information, um, you know, on their computers or on their phones. And and um, you know, we just really have become a digital age, and it's so um, affordable. So. Um, check that out. And this is um, podcast 18, and you can find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. Well, Jean, we are out of time for this topic, but uh, we will be back again. Um, we're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff and including scholarships and shows coming up. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.